I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Billboard Sharpie Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. In New York is where we look at why what's on the charts is on the charts. And uh, our second episode here of uh, 2018, we're back last week and uh, previewed uh, the then pending uh, Bruno Mars, Cardi B, Finesse versus Justin Timberlake filthy battle and how each uh, would do this week. So here we are. We made it to this week and we found out how they did. We did. Uh, we won't spoil it. We'll let you guys, when you hear the top 10 countdown, you will hear where each song finished up. So uh, that'll be coming in just a few minutes. The results, highly anticipated, are going to be there. Here's a clue uh, as to which one may have done better. We're going to speak with uh, Senior VP of Pop and Rhythmic Promotion for Atlantic Records, John McMahon. Which is not RCA Records. <laughs> All right, oh, we'll, we'll leave it at that uh, for now. We're also going to flash back to, where are you flashing back to, Trevor? We are going to take a spin back to the top of the decade, uh, 2010. There has been uh, a lot of talk about, um, not not, the, not this particular song, but the subject of this song uh, in, in the news media in the past week uh, for a reason that, you know, is not, is not um, ideal by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, before we do that, one thing I, 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 it's, I didn't mention last week, but I, I later did on Twitter, and I feel like it got completely ignored on Twitter. I feel like it's so good, I need to bring it up again. This better be good, then. <laughs> Apparently it isn't. But remember we were talking about uh, how uh, Beyonce and Donald Glover, because they're both going to be in The Lion King, in 2019, uh, we said, what if they record a remake of Elton John's Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Maybe it'll be a huge hit. And I missed my chance on the podcast to refer to them as, what's the hashtag I came up with? I'm not going to say hit. Destiny's Childish Gambino. Destiny's Childish Gambino. That is, I bet Gary, like, I could see him, like, waking up in a night terror at 3.15 in the morning because he didn't say it on the podcast last week and it just... It's it struck him. It's 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 pretty good. Right? I would never thought of that. So I I looked online. I'm like, this must be a thing. This is so amazing. Someone else must have thought of this. Did, didn't see anything on Google. I put it out in this tweet. I thought it would become the biggest thing. Here I am saying it again. You can tell what happened. <laughs> the beehive has not quite gotten onto that one yet. But um, you, hey, just you're an original. There's still time. Someone's gonna think of it next June. 
when Lion King comes out, they'll have to, you know, do that research and they'll see that just every, once, first. every once in a while, just retweet it going forward, just to kind of subliminally just to keep it, you yeah. know, to stir it up a little bit, keep it, keep it in the, keep it in the, uh, eat in the ether. All right. Let's get to this week's top 10 of the Billboard Hot 100. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Number 10. Motorsport. Put that thing in sports. Shout it bad. Papa like a court. Papa, you a dork. Never been a sport. Pull up. Number 9. Number 8. It's sad, but it's true. I'm way too good at goodbye. I'm way too good at goodbye. I'm way too good at goodbye. Number seven. I'm bad in love. But you can't blame me for trying. You know I'd be lying, saying, Go either way. Number six. Number five. Number four. Number three. Number two. Number one. All right, first things first, the results officially in of the Finesse Filthy Showdown. As you guys just heard, Filthy, Justin Timberlake coming in at number nine this week, debuting there. Uh, and six spots ahead it is the victor, Bruno Mars, Cardi B, Finesse, jumping from number 35 last week all the way to number three. But first, we'll talk about actually the uh, number one song this week as we dive into that. And, and speaking of Beyonce... Ed Sheeran's Perfect is number one this week uh, for a sixth week on the Hot 100. Notably, though, it is just Ed Sheeran's Perfect. The Beyonce credit has been removed this week. Now, before the Beehive, you know, I I can already sense that they're ready to sting and and attack. Uh, I'm going to explain why that's the case for the past couple of weeks. um, We've noticed in tracking that the Beyonce duet version... Uh, has not been contributing, you know, a substantial amount in terms of, of the sales of the streams for the past couple of weeks. Uh, a lot of people are, are still opting to buy the Ed Sheeran solo version, stream that version. Um, a lot of the radio airplay at, at most of the major markets and, and pop formats still opting to play the solo version. So it really was, you know, it, it is that the solo version is contributing by far the most 
activity to the song each week. And at this point, you know, it seems like as the Beyonce remix kind of settles down, that, you know, really the credit belongs to, to the Ed Sheeran version and the Ed version alone. Yeah, it, it could seem kind of odd to, to add an artist uh, for a few weeks and then remove an artist. But uh, it's happened before. Uh, back in uh, 2011, there were a couple examples involving uh, Britney Spears, uh, Rihanna's S&M added Britney for the remix, got to number one on the Hot 100 that week. And then uh, Britney uh, had a remix of uh, Till the World Ends with Nicki Minaj and Kesha on that version. So, you know, th- there are a lot of remixes that are out all the time. They don't always, uh, all the artists on them don't always get credit if they don't make really much of a substantial impact in terms of, of a song's consumption. But in a case where uh, Beyonce, uh, at the beginning when it first came out, she was uh, contributing to points in, in different metrics, uh, especially streaming and, and sales. So made sense to add her at that point. But yeah, after uh, after we've seen for a few weeks that she's not uh, on the dominant version at this point, uh, just another one of those instances where uh, we've revised it and she still gets credit for having uh, number one. Uh, she doesn't uh, get that taken away. It's just that going forward, it's back to being just an Ed Solo version uh, on, on all charts except for rhythmic songs where uh, some of that uh, airplay is still uh, notable at rhythmic. It's being promoted there so uh, she's staying there but everywhere else uh, just that yeah and i mean for some people you know this is why for example last year when we saw despacito with the remix why justin bieber got credit virtually on everything is because the, the version with justin bieber was selling the most it was being streamed the most it was being played the most so obviously without justin bieber it may not have been that popular so justin bieber needs the credit and that remained the dominant version so to this day it's in its 52nd week uh, on the hot 100 despacito still featuring justin bieber also, one last thing before we uh, get to this week's songs. I guess I guess speaking of songs that are a year old, Ed Sheeran's Shape of You is still on the Hot 100, by right. the way. It's been more than a year since that song debuted at number one. And somehow, 53 weeks into its its chart life, it sits right there at number... Let them know, Gary. Uh, number 22. Can you believe that? Number, I mean, still a year later, the 22nd most popular song in the country. That is just... It beat it beat it's, the chart. It beat the rules of the chart by staying up. I mean, most, that's, how, that's how well it's doing. That is. I mean, it's 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 flirting with danger, but still. I mean, you know, most songs. I mean, of course, don't even make it fifty-two weeks on the chart. But just right, to, so, so the rule is, if uh, no songs stay on the chart at this point uh, over fifty-two weeks, unless you're in the top twenty-five, and it's incredibly rare for a song to do that. So it falls uh, thirteen to twenty-two. We'll see if it uh, if it can stay yeah, it was, on. Y- long. Y'all, it was thirteen last week that's i mean a, a year old yeah look at that amazing so uh, yeah so uh shape of you number 22 perfect uh, number one uh number two uh heard it again now for a seventh week havana camila cabello uh it's the longest peaking at number two hit for a lead female gotta go all the way back to early 2010 for a bad romance lady gaga uh, just never could get to number one. Peaked at number two for seven weeks. Is the, is the featured female? Does that include that? What Wild Thoughts? It. Yep. Seven so a weeks little, back, little back in the summer. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no. Yeah, for, for next week, uh, yeah, there's still a chance Havana could get to number one. There's there's a a bit of a gap this week between Perfect and, and Havana. Uh, Perfect pretty much maintains its its Hot 100 points from last week. Havana's down eight percent, but uh, Camila's album uh, is now out. That'll help uh, buzz during the tracking week. The single's on sale for $0.69. Cents. Uh, both songs are gaining uh, in, in airplay. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it shakes out this week. But maybe this is the last chance Havana has to get to number one, the way that uh, finesse is moving. Uh, if it can't 
overtake perfect in a week when the album came out maybe maybe it it can't another week this would be the week to watch i think coming up it's gonna happen yeah and i think um i mean obviously camila and team are are, i think gearing up with never be the same as as the next single making some moves on streaming making some pop radio so the same maybe the same kind of push like you said right last last week i mean it's on sale at itunes so they're definitely aware of the possibility and um i mean which would be so funny because I think, uh, you know, kind of backed off the idea, you know, once it was number two for five weeks and then it kind of, you know, settled back down. I mean, it didn't drop out of the sky, obviously, but it seems like it just the numbers weren't going to add up. And I mean, how great for her next week if she can have, you know, her her first uh, number one album potentially on the Billboard 200 and the lead single from that album be number one at the same time. So uh, Filthy, Justin Timberlake is the other big new song in the top 10, debuts at number nine. So we were saying uh, last week, we, we didn't know uh, if it was going to hit the top 10, if it might be top 15, but pretty good first week. We'll see how, again, I, th- I think, you know, we, we both said that we were uh, unanimous in, in, in uh, two of the guests we had on from KROI in Houston, uh, DJ Riddler and Terry Thomas and, and Trevor and I, we all said finesse. Probably, not even probably, definitely is going to be the bigger hit going forward over Filthy. Yeah, well. And let me tell y'all, Gary is not, you know, Gary's pretty gun shy at, at calling some of those absolutes. So for Gary to say, you know, pretty definitively this early on that one was going to be the bigger hit, I mean, that is. I mean, Bruno, what did you do? Yeah, well, Finesse has just such an obvious hook, and it's got that New Jack Swing sound that sounds fresh again to hear it after so long. And, you know, Filthy is, it's a its a deep listen. And the more I hear it, the more I, I get different parts of it, but I, I just don't know if it's going to connect with, with a, a wide pop audience just because it's kind of odd. It, it's its not a can't stop the feeling. It's its a its a different kind of a song, so... Yeah, I think a number nine debut is pretty impressive. Well, it seems interesting, too, that uh, a lot of people, I mean, to me, it's more of a subdued song. You're right. It doesn't have the same kind of, you know, bouncy energy as Can't Stop the Feeling. It has it has a a more, for lack of a better word, I guess, groove that's a little more understated, a little more undercurrent, um, which is, I guess, not whole wholly rare in, in, in artists who are pop artists. I mean, you listen to the Taylor Swift album, it kind of had a a sort of subdued tone it wasn't i mean there was no bouncy energy of shake it off there was nothing um kind of you know big and loud about it so maybe that's that's sort of the pop reaction to maybe some of the the subdued sounds and hip-hop that we're hearing and people are getting sort of influenced by that and trying to make it their own um but you're right i mean it'll be i was listening to the song and trying to picture you know what the super bowl performance would be like for a song like this and i can't really i can't really tell like what how I would see it's you know played out on a stage. Uh, I mean, I'm sure obviously it'll be on the set list coming up in just in a few weeks. But um, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be interested to see how how this song can sort of recover some of that energy going forward. What teams do you picture being in their respective locker rooms while Justin Timberlake's performing? Okay, so my options are the Patriots, the Vikings, the Jaguars, and who's else left? Eagles. The Eagles. Um. Well, so it's the Patriots play the Jaguars, so I feel like that's. I mean, why not throw them back in, and uh, the Eagles versus the Vikings. The Vikings, who if they win, are hosting the Super Bowl first time ever. A team oh, that's would be right. Home advantage in the Super Bowl. That is right. Well, you know, then we'll. I mean, we'll we'll throw out a hail mary for Minnesota. They'll be. They'll be they'll be energized. I, I think Philadelphia's had a pretty good year this year, and a lot of people are excited. My mom is a Philadelphia Eagles fan, 
So, okay, I'll, fine. We'll say the Patriots and we'll say uh, we'll say the Vikings for fun. All right. If you listen to this podcast, you know where I'm from. You know, I don't have a problem with that. Gary is a Gary's a Boston boy. Uh, so uh, top 10 for Justin Timberlake. It's his 18th Hot 100 top 10 uh, solo. He also had six as part of Sync. And uh, going back to uh, Bruno and Cardi, uh, Cardi gets her fourth Hot 100 top 10. And uh, Bruno Mars gets his 15th. And, and great stat, uh, Keith Caulfield, actually, uh, Billboard uh, 200 chart manager, co-director of charts, uh, noticed that uh, Bruno has now had three Hot 100 top 10s from each of his first three albums his first three uh full-length albums he had an ep first but uh so if we're going back to let's, let's recap them for the people okay. let's let's go back okay so first album is doo-wops and hooligans which also lends name gives them the nice fan army name uh first single from that was just the way you are which was a number one hit on the hot 100 in late 2010 uh followed up with with grenade which was also another number one hit um, around, obviously around that same time. Uh, then the third top 10 from the album was The Lazy Song, which I almost feel like, it's funny because it kind of feels like, a, I mean, it was at the time felt like a novelty song, kind of right. like just a, a maybe a good sync commercial kind of song. But I mean, that was, I mean, that was a top 10 hit. I mean, that was legit on radio. I remember that, that spring and that summer. Can't argue because it became a hit, but I always thought it was going to be a single. And I, to this day, I think it should have been a single. I even heard it. You hear it on AC radio once in a while. I heard it a couple Runaway of Baby. Ago. No. No. That's on the other album. That was the uh, other album, but Marry You. If you're ready, like I'm ready, because it's a beautiful Marry you would have been a great, oh, yeah. right? It feels like it's become a, a pretty big hit anyway. A lot of you, I mean, you hear it certainly in a lot of weddings. Yeah. I know a lot of people who, yeah. I mean, it's here's taking us back. It's a feel good song to, to the era. The Glee cast covered it at a time when they were only remaking uh, hits. They're actually known hits. So when they did that, it was it's like wow, this song has reached a level that it's got the Glee stamp right? of approval. Uh, so yeah, right. So uh, those uh, top tens from that album on to 2012 for Unorthodox Jukebox. Yeah, Unorthodox Jukebox. Juice box. That could be a kids a kids pop version. Unorthodox juice box. I like it. I, I I'm I'm taking uh I'm gonna copyright that and uh, file papers today. If Destiny's Childish Gambino doesn't work, I've got unorthodox juice box. All right. Uh, so yeah, first single unorthodox jukebox was locked out of heaven, which a lot of people you know had that that police feel to it. Uh, number one on the Hot 100 as well. Six weeks lodged at the top. Uh, followed up by When I Was Your Man, another kind of uh, kind of middle of the road, top 40 AC song, number one hit for a week um, in 2013. And then the next top 10 off of that, not a number one, but still a top 10 in Treasure, which, uh, you know, it's still, still, kind of, still a good jam. Yeah, and I think Runaway Baby could have also been a there very a good contender for another single there. Yeah, you talk about uh, the lazy song, talk about treasure, a little, little little deeper in the Bruno catalog. At this point, I think uh, all the number ones you mentioned uh, still seem so top of mind. These other two top fives that didn't get to number one, great songs, but maybe a little more hidden at this point. I mean, a little bit, and of course, um, I mean, not on an album, but then soon after that, Uptown Funk, which of course technically is a Mark Ronson song featuring Bruno Mars, but since Bruno's are the only vocals, you know, that's a song that everyone identifies directly with him we know how big a hit that was you know i mean across every every 
Continent Wake of Life, number one, 14 weeks on the Hot 100, Record of the Year at the Grammy Awards, top song of 2015 um, on the Hot 100. So, yeah, I mean, that that song feels like probably in a way could overshadow like the whole catalog. But, right. uh, yeah. And then uh, 24 Karat Magic, uh, title cut, number four. And then that's what I like, number one. Now he's back uh, in the top ten, the top five, uh, once again uh, this week. So uh, that's a pretty rare thing uh, to have three, your first three albums uh, have at least three top tens each. So so we did the research, and that's uh, Bruno's only the sixth artist ever to do that and the second male ever to do that. Got to go back. All the way back. Don't worry, we're not going to count out everybody's <laughs> top ten streaks here. <laughs> but we'll, we'll go back. Uh, early '80s is when it first happened, 1982 to 1986. Lionel Richie. So it's been Lionel Richie and uh, Bruno Mars. Only guys in Hot 100 history ever to start with three uh, solo albums for Lionel after the Commodores that, that each had at least three Hot 100 top tens. That's you know what's cool about this stat and the other uh, four other women have, have uh, done so is uh, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, uh, Beyonce solo. And Lady Gaga. What what I really like is this. You, you can't fake your way onto this list. Sometimes uh, you you can be on on some uh, record list of you know maybe you had a long running number one in a decade, but you know maybe it's your only hit and it was just you know burned quickly. But uh, to be on this list, this is you have to have consistency over a few years, a bunch of hits. So there, there's no flukes on this list. All those artists we just mentioned, they're all they're all superstars. Because baby, they were born that way. Let's find out more about uh, Bruno Mars uh, this week and Cardi B and Finesse, uh, again, flying 35-3 on the Hot 100. Let's get some inside uh, details and background about how it came to be, uh, what's coming up uh, with Bruno and Cardi B both, and also uh, Ed Sheeran, uh, everybody on Atlantic Records, number one this week. What's ahead for uh, Ed Sheeran? What's coming up with the Grammys for for Bruno and Cardi? Uh, We'll get into it all with uh, Senior VP of Pop and Rhythmic Promotion for Atlantic Records, Back on the podcast, John McMahon. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. What's up, John? Hey, what's up, Trevor? How you doing, man? Doing doing pretty well. How about yourself? We're off to a great great start so far this year. I know. So, we are going to... Uh, 2017 was good to us, and 2018 seems to continue the uh, <laughs> the trend. 
All right, let's get into it, uh, John. So uh, 2018 continuing, kind of like how 2017 was for so much of the year with Atlantic uh, all over the top of the Hot 100. Uh, Perfect is number one for a sixth week this week at Sharon. And uh, the big news, uh, Finesse jumps 35 to 3. Bruno and Cardi. Uh, just wanted to get some of the backstory uh, from you, uh, John. Uh, first of all, how, how did the remix come about? What do you know about how uh, this song that had been out for a year solo on Bruno's album, suddenly Cardi's on it, suddenly it's a top three hit at the moment on the Hot 100? Well, Bruno, you know, coming off of 24 Karat and that's what I like, um, you know, really liked having these big up-tempo hits. I mean, he likes hits in general. He's made plenty of ballad monster hits over his career um but you know bruno loves to dance and dances his ass off and just is such a, an incredible performer to these tempo kind of songs um he had talked about finesse from early on in the first phase of the album um you know and, and as the singles got released he always thought hey maybe i can get to finesse as a single and um as the year kind of capped out we wanted another Bruno single out there. He wanted to be, you know, um, continuing the reign of 24 karat magic, um, with his fans. And he was really starting to fall in love with this, you know, phenom Cardi B as she broke off a of Bodak yellow and came up with the idea of, Hey, look, she's on fire. She's a great compliment to, you know, who I am as an artist with this song. Let's see if it could work. So he went in the studio with her and, you know, Bruno is, is the consummate perfectionist, producer extraordinaire, worked out, you know, verses and everything that he does as a producer in the studio with her. And um, they just happened to, you know, not unexpectedly nail it. And so he, he loved what she had done for the remix of Finesse, and she loved it. And um, we came back out of the holidays knowing that we were going to drop this. And it was obviously a big, you know, it was a secret. We weren't to talk about it, but um, we were all anticipating a great response out there with the fans and with radio. And we certainly got that. So that's kind of how it went down. Bruno just fell in love with her and said, let's try it. And the rest is history so far. I think one of the most unique things about it is you're bringing back a new Jack Swing, which instantly sounds familiar, but it's been so long since we've had anything on the radio that truly sounds like it came out of the 90s. But, you know, fresh new hook. It's a great song on its own, but haven't heard a song that sounds like this in a really long time. It's become such a big hit. The bell, biv the bow, kind of like horn stabs and, and, and the drums are, you know, absolutely, you know, vintage 1990s, you know, R&B early hip hop, you know, early R and B hip hop. And, um, you know, Bruno's had an incredible career at being, you know, influenced by some of the legends and an incredible, you know, ways that R and B and rock and roll and pop music have weaved their way through, um, you know, chart history. And, you know, I remember hearing him in an interview, I think it was on 60 minutes, when he said, you know, people were like, hey, you, you know, you, yeah, that sounds um, like it's from that song. It sounds like uh, Michael or James Brown's influence in that. And on 60 Minutes, um, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, uh, yeah, it kind of does. It comes from James Brown. It comes from Michael Jackson. Uh-huh, it comes from Prince. Yes, thank you. That's what it's supposed to sound like, you know, because those are probably the three biggest influences he has said in his career. So, 
you know, emulating something from the past and having it um, influence your your style of songwriting and your style of production is, I guess, you know, a form of homage to some of the great music that Bruno grew up with. And I think that this continues that trend. Well, and not just Bruno. I think one of the, the cool things that I was really excited about was when I heard Cardi's part on it because... You know, it's it's funny how many different sides of Cardi B are coming out. We know on the Asuna song that she actually is singing really more than she's rapping. But with this, I mean, the the, the flow that she produced was so in line with that with that 90s vibe. It was, you know, more of an MC light kind of thing. I mean, obviously, Bodak Yellow and a lot of these, these current songs are maybe a little more harder. But for her to kind of match that 90s flow of the rap with that sound, I thought was really impressive. It's, it's, it's funny because a lot of people have said to me, and I've heard it said, to others that um, it sounds like finesse was made for her. It's like he went in and, you know, reproduced a lot of the track and, and, and some of the production and obviously certainly with her verse and all her ad libs and stuff in the second half of the song, um, it was reproduced um, from that aspect, but it really does sound like, they had this vision all along and that Bruno was planning for this to happen, you know, because she sounds, um, like you said, it, it sounds like it was made for her. And then with that, with that nineties, you know, throwback vibe for sure, his brilliant idea on the video being, um, you know, a nod to the great classic nineties show in living color. Um, that really kind of kept, capped it you know to bring it together the, the musical style her flow with a throwback sound and then to have that um that video with a in living color you know aesthetic really kind of was just this total brilliance one of our readers uh, john uh, suggests that uh, bruno and cardi perform the song at some point with bell biv devoe so I'm, I'm passing that on to you. you you could make it happen well wh- whether whether or not uh, Belva DeVoe um, performs it with them. The great news is that on January 28th, they'll be performing it together on the Grammy Awards. And that's going to be an event. Are they going to be opening yeah. the show by chance? That I can't talk about, and I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, but if I did know, I wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, Bruno has a way of just murdering it on the Grammy Awards. I mean, there's multiple occasions that we can think back on. Um, You know, obviously, most notably the last one where he performed and then did the Prince tribute, you know? And that that, that was something that, you know, I guess stole the show for a lot of people. Certainly Prince fans, Bruno fans, and I think, you know, fans of music in general. But, you know, I can only imagine, like, the dance routine that Bruno's going to, concoct and uh you know that cardi's gonna get out there and spit her game and the two of them together i'm sure is going to be you know something that everyone will be talking about the next day but, but uh, yeah i mean to that point we saw last year um with that's what i like i mean exploding after the grammy awards like they gave it kind of that that last push it needed to move up to number one finesse obviously only two spots away so it could it could probably it could get there on its own beforehand but i'm sure uh, after grammy week that'll be definitely one of the big ones to watch yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, he's you know, let's see what he walks away with off the off the show because he's nominated for, you know, six Grammys um, for this this upcoming show, and you know, in in 
some of the you know the big three categories as well. So Bruno is, you know, I got to imagine. I don't want to jinx it at all because you never know what's going to happen. Anything can happen when it comes to you know the voting and when it comes to the winners. So we don't want to at all predict it, but we're cautiously optimistic that Bruno's going to do his thing and bring some more of those Grammys home. And uh, yeah, I mean the guy the guy has had an, an unbelievable year 2017 obviously started in late 16 you know with 24 karat magic single launching and then the album and then you know all the awards and accolades he's gotten this year um that are just unreal you know radio dominating number you know that's what i like was number two most played song of the year you know at pop and at rhythm and on the overall you know Every, everywhere. I mean, every format played him. It was one of the few songs and art, artists of the year that, you know, just was pop and rhythm and hot AC and urban AC and AC. I mean, just really from from A to Z, we had fans at every format and every walk of life. So uh, the song that it, that's uh, Finesse's look to dethrone atop the Hot 100 is still there for a six week. Uh, this week, uh, uh, Ed Sheeran, perfect. And it had the uh, Beyonce remix, uh, the Andrea Bocelli uh, version. And these uh, all came out you know, about a year, uh, almost, uh, after the album, uh, Divide, had been out. So you, you take that, you take that Finesse, and we sort of have a trend here of songs that had been out for about a year getting new remixes, both becoming huge hits, both on Atlantic Records. Is this... Is this a related trend? Did it just happen to be uh, that both of these uh, remixes, uh, Beyonce and Cardi B, wound up reviving uh, these album tracks? Or is this something that uh, you and, and, and Atlantic Records are, are looking at and saying, how do we keep albums, songs fresh in a streaming era? Once it comes out, everyone can listen however they want, but you want to keep putting out singles. Is this a new strategy uh, in terms of, of streaming now that you want to bring on remixes at this point? You know, it's it's not really a, a strategy um, per se. I mean, these both of these artists, you know, it was their brainchild to do these mixes. It was never, you know, an Atlantic, you know, strategy that, like you just, you know, kind of speculated on to continue the streams or the success of an album project. It's really, you know, the story behind Bruno, you know, as I mentioned, was just his you know, thought that, hey, at this moment, right now, with this new artist and my song that's been out, I have a vision for it, and let me try it, and it worked. And on Ed, you know, he's, you know, become, very, you know, good friends with, with Beyonce and, and obviously her husband, Jay-Z, and, you know, they performed at the at a uh, Stevie Wonder tribute on Grammy Week a couple of years ago, and um, as a result of that, having performed together, you know, and having this friendship strike up, they thought, uh, hey, maybe at some point we could collaborate. And, you know, she's such a iconic artist and singer and songwriter, performer, and, um, you know, admired Ed and, and his music and his career. And he certainly has been a massive fan and had, you know, so much love and respect for Beyonce in her career that, you know, through their, you know, kind of like, not thinking about album projects and not thinking about extending the life of, you know, his songs, you know, a year after its release, 
he just ended up asking her, um, and he did tell the story I ever heard once that, you know, he was going to ask her while she was pregnant with the twins and he felt bad and he thought, you know, is it a good time to ask? And at some point he ended up just asking because they do have a close friendship. And she said, yes. And, um, and he said, uh, you know, obviously you can't do it now. You're, you're, you know, you're pregnant with the babies, but when you can, you know, I'll come to you, you come to me, wherever we need to go. Let's get in the studio and, you know, do something really magical to perfect. And, and, and they, and they nailed it, her vocals and her, you know, emotion on it, you know, really kind of cut through and they went back in the studio. It wasn't like some studio tricks where, Hey, you send me the files and I'll send you the parts. And then, you know, an engineer will mix it down. They actually, you know, came to New York and they went in and actually re-recorded it. And, uh, yeah, not really a strategy. It was just two great artists deciding to come together and make great music. Can you tell us, uh, John, next single for Ed? Is there another single coming from Divide? Yeah, the, the plan right now is for Happier, um, which is a beautiful, powerful, you know, ballad on Divide that, you know, has become a fan favorite. Um, and, you know, Ed would like, I believe, that to be the next single. So unless something changes, that's kind of the direction that he's going to be going gonna double double ballot it up yeah i mean hey look great music is is great music um you know i think i think that sometimes you can get a little too strategic and you say hey we're gonna go tempo then we're gonna go ballad then we're gonna go tempo then we're gonna go ballad i think the bottom line is especially with an artist that is as um massively successful as ed is right now that it's it's right not really about sticking to one lane um at radio or with his fans it's just let's put out the next another great song from ed sheeran and 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 the fans will i'm sure make up their minds and he, you know he, he's almost never been wrong so if he wants happier then, then that's what it is and we have high confidence that the fans will love it just as much as they have everything else from this album any idea when that would go to radio john um it would be you know sometime early spring because perfect is, is still on a you know upward trajectory um having gone number one this week at, at pop and hot ac and 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 even top 20 at rhythm um it is going nowhere i mean you know, it's 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 still number two on iTunes and number one Shazam 13 weeks in a row. And, you know, we don't see it with any kind of, uh, you know, decline anywhere soon. So hopefully that will take us through, you know, February and into March. And at some point, you know, in, the, in, in, in that part of like the late winter, early spring, we can think about rolling out to radio with Happier. Well, one more thing. People talk about finesse. That's, a, that's about five or six songs from Cardi B now we've got in the past couple couple months. People are going to be wondering, when is that first album coming? Do you have any, any update on, on the timeline or anything like that? We don't have a specific um, date narrowed down yet. Um, yeah, she's had like one of the most meteoric rises um, to like you know bordering on superstardom this quick you that could, i've ever seen yeah you could throw up maybe as far back as lady gaga probably the last person who who came out so quick so hot so continuous really yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean it's it's it is it is pretty remarkable that she's had that rise um, with motorsport and Bodak Yellow. Obviously, started it, and then No Limit is massive and finesse, and now you know Barty A. Cardi. I mean, she really literally is six for six in terms of insane heat and streaming and sales and YouTube views and radio airplay. So we haven't narrowed down when that album's going to be, but. You know, in the not too distant future, you know, she'll drop it. And I don't think I've ever seen another artist this set up before an album drops. <laughs> A new artist. It's 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 pretty almost unprecedented. Well, congratulations, uh, John. Continued uh, success. This is uh, becoming a regular thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you mind that we, we keep asking you to come back on with uh, <laughs> all the latest uh, chart feats you guys keep having. We'll, we'll keep doing it. Yes, let, let's uh, hopefully plan on doing one in the spring yeah. if things continue like this. We we appreciate the opportunity and uh, and um, you know we love the fact that you guys you know care about the stats and the behind the scenes and the stories that go into making these projects and these great albums. Until then I smile I know I was happier with you in the corner of the room A little bit of happier by Ed Sheeran which may be coming to a radio near yeah, you Yeah sounds like it's the next single uh, from Divide uh, who could be on the happier remix Ed and Cardi, would that work? Or is that a little too much of a stretch? <laughs> I mean, well, we heard Cardi sing on the Ozuna song, so yeah, you know, never doubt her. Keep the keep the money in house too. And uh, I, I like the idea uh, of uh, could happen, right? Maybe at some point, uh, Belle Biv DeVoe performing uh, finesse with Bruno and Cardi. Not, not, I don't think maybe the Grammys. I like I, how sold you are on Belle Biv DeVoe. I just think the... it would be kind of cool. It's there. You could do a great mashup with with Poison. Yeah, right? I mean, Bruno can make Bruno can make any mashup work really. So yeah, it would be. I mean that, that that feels like it's a very either like a Grammy or like a BET awards like that's a that's a performance for one of those two places. There comes a time when we hit a certain call when the world must come together as one. There are people dying oh, when it's time and we mentioned Lionel Richie uh, a little bit earlier in the podcast talking about how he was the first artist to have three top 10 hits from each of his first three solo albums and during that stretch between 1982-1986 he actually co-wrote one of the best known charity anthems um, that really you know the world has ever seen we Are the World, which you cover with Michael Jackson, a huge hit in 1985, uh, number one for four weeks on the Hot 100, wins record and song of the year Grammy Awards and raises millions of dollars for famine relief in Africa. So, I mean, a huge, a huge hit that brought together so many huge superstars of the 1980s. The song was updated in 2010, uh, We Are the World 25 for Haiti to raise money and bring awareness to um, you know all the terrible suffering uh, that happened after the earthquake in early 2010 in Haiti. Um, 
kind of wanted to, to, to bring attention to this song again. We know Haiti has really been uh, in the news in the past uh, week and a half based on some alleged comments by, by President Trump. Uh, unfortunately, that have, as with most things that President Trump has said, divided people hugely. Uh, and there's been reports that he did say it, didn't say it. But um, just because the country really has been brought about so much in the news, uh, wanted to bring up this song. And remember, one time when you know the world and, and all Americans really came together to support a song that really uh, helped out the people of Haiti when they desperately needed it. Yeah, uh, Wyclef Jean, who was uh, pretty central uh, to this uh, remake. Uh, yeah, I think this this pretty much uh, this says it all. He uh, he tweeted uh, in the best week. He, uh, the Declaration of Independence, uh, an image, and and uh, he, he said, "We are all sons and daughters of immigrants." It sounds like something worth remembering at this point. We can all get behind, and yeah, I mean, of course, you know, I mean, Haitians have done Haitian Americans, you know, continue to contribute to this country in so many ways, and um, of course, you know, in their time of need, um, I, you know, it's great to see the music industry, like you said, and Wyclef really leading the charge. Uh, Lionel Richie involved with this as well. I mean, Quincy Jones, you know, back producing uh, so many, a, a good number of the artists who were on the original track back in 1985 contributing as well. Right. Uh, unfortunately, you know, in 2010, Michael Jackson had passed on, but uh, Janet handling duet vocals with, with Michael over the hook of the song and, and a lot of the other Jacksons involved as well. With young, young Justin Bieber. I said Justin heard. Bieber taking over Lionel's part at the beginning of the song. And, uh, you know, I mean, just... Just, just uh, again, just so great to see, especially the, I mean, embracing rap. They added the new rap verse to the song in, in the middle of it. So just, you know, always great to see that no matter what music, as we've seen so many times, not just not just in this example, but even last year with all the events in Manchester and Las Vegas and such, that musicians really are always willing and able to be on the front line to help people when they need it. Yep, we figured with this one, let's just go back to a time when uh, that was uh, the the overriding uh, feeling. Yeah, yeah, when Haiti was not a controversial word, apparently, or a controversial place. All right, so uh, we'll we'll play that uh, on the way out uh, here of the podcast, and uh, that's this week's uh, show. We'll see what happens next week on the Billboard Hot 100, if Perfect is number one for seventh week, the way Finesse is moving, certainly could challenge for number one, or if uh, Camila Havana uh, gets its way in to number one with the album debuting uh, should be uh, should be a pretty good battle for, for number one. So uh, we'll look at all that next week and uh, Grammy Awards. We're going to get deeper into the Grammy Awards. It'll be our Grammy preview uh, podcast. Really special guest to Paul Grine coming back on the Billboard Sharpie podcast. Uh, he was our very first guest a couple years ago. And main reason for that, Paul Grine started the Billboard Sharpie column back in 1981 so he we is, would not exist without him he's he's the father of chartbeat and, and a really big uh, grammy aficionado as well so uh he, he loves uh, predicting the grammys every year talking about them so we're gonna have him on and uh, preview all things grammy awards on next week's podcast and in particular and you know a lot of people are going to be uh i mean this this year the grammy nominations caught a lot of people by surprise especially in a lot of the big categories so we'll see um you know if that has thrown paul off a little bit and trying to predict what's going on and you know what other surprises we can expect from a year that that really hip-hop is is set at least to show up and show out all right here's michael jackson and everybody else uh we are the world 25 on the billboard choppy podcast We're making
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.